This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is sponsored by A Change of Heart by Sonali Dev. Delving beyond the surface of modern Indian-American life, A Change of Heart by Sonali Dev, the highly acclaimed author of A Bollywood Affair and The Bollywood Bride, both of which are Book Riot household favorites, is an extraordinary story of secrets, danger, and Bollywood glamour. Dr. Nick Joshi had it all until, while working for Doctors Without Borders in a Mumbai slum, his wife Jen discovered a black market organ transplant ring. Before she could expose the truth, Jen was killed. Two years after the tragedy, Nick is a cruise ship doctor who spends his days treating seasickness and sunburn and his nights in a boozy haze. On one of those blurry evenings on deck, Nick meets a woman who makes a startling claim. She received Jen's heart in a transplant and has a message for him. A Change of Heart by Sonali Dev is available now wherever books are sold, and more info is available at sonalidev.com. That's S-O-N-A-L-I-D-E-V.com. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 74, and today we are talking about books released on October 4th, 2016, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my fellow podcast, Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Hello, hello. Hello there. On the day that we are recording this, on the 3rd of October, it's Book Riot's fifth birthday. It's our birthday. Send us presents. <laughs> I'll take them all. Send us books. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's totally what we need. That's what I need. Do people even attempt to buy you books, though? Um, they, no. They usually give me, like, gift cards to places. And yeah. they usually say, I'm not going to, I don't know what you've read. So. Right. But yeah, I love it. Be... Like, that, that's what I want. You know, people are like, what do you want for your birthday? I'm like, books. They're like, really? I'm like, yes, books. Books, 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 books. Yeah, All the nobody time. tries to buy me books either, and you read so much more than I do that I was like, how is that even a thing that someone could try? No, not usually. That's okay, though. So, yeah, so the side is five, and our show is 74 episodes, 74 weeks old. And, like, when the site started, we had no idea that we were even going to do podcast. So Yes, back when the dinosaurs roamed, we didn't know if we'd get good reception. (laughs) I was still walking uphill to school both ways in the snow. (laughs) Yeah, speaking of school, um, you are recording this from your childhood bedroom. I am, I am. It's quite a, like, it was, it feels like it should be fancy to, like, wake up on the fifth anniversary of the company that you're helping to run, but it was very, like, of course, I'm, I should have like a normal person humbling day. So I woke up in my childhood bedroom and then I've spent all day on conference calls, which is totally the glamorous life. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's great. I'm in Kansas City visiting family and hopefully I'm going to get to go visit a couple of my favorite bookstores over the next few days. Um, so it's all good. And then we're going to see each other in like six weeks. We Not are. Even. Yeah, for Book Riot Live. It's October. It's so crazy. I know. So uh, for our friends who are listening, if you want to come, 
hang out with us, see a live recording of this show, which was a ton of fun last year. And we've already picked out our matching outfits for this year. So you can find out what those are all about. At Plus, see Walter Mosley and Mara Wilson and Charlie Jane Anders and Meg Medina and a bunch of other amazing speakers. Go to bookriotlive.com and use the offer code MOREcats, M-O-R-E-C-A-T-S, to get 20 bucks off your registration. Yay! Yay. Okay, Lib, we got to talk about books because that's what they're paying us for. We, we did mention them several times. I said books, 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 books. <laughs> okay, that's true. Okay, so tell me more about books. I'm going to tell you about my first pick, which is absolutely marvelous. And it, you know it's true. It just made the long list for the National Book Awards. It is News of the World by Paulette Giles. Um, she wrote a book called Enemy Women, which I have not read, oh, yeah. but I've heard marvelous things about, and maybe some other books, I don't know. This is my first time reading her. Um, it's magnificent and beautiful and amazing. It's about an older gentleman named Captain Kidd. It is 1870 in Texas. He is a newsreader. He travels from town to town and go rents out like a hall, and people pay a dime to go see him read the news to them, because this is like the Wild West um, this is, you know, the, the late 1800s, there's a lot of people who don't read, there's a lot of people who can't read, and this is like a form of entertainment. He will go and, like, read the news from all over the world, he'll translate the Spanish papers, and so this is what he does. And one day he is uh, giving one of these readings, and, and there's a man there who wants to talk to him. Um, he is a free black man named Britt, and he, say, he says, you know, Captain, I need you to come with me. I want to show you something. And he takes him to his wagon. And in the back is a 10-year-old girl, Joanna. She is, uh, she was kidnapped by Native Americans when she was six years old. And she has been returned. Um, and her family, uh, her parents and her siblings were all killed in the attack. But her aunt and uncle uh, want to pay Brit, who uh, his, his job, what he does, is go and rescues people who are being held captive um his own family was held captive for a year um they they paid him 50 dollars to return her to them like her aunt and uncle but he's like you know this is like a really really long ways away you're already traveling that way i'm gonna lose a lot of business if i go this in this direction also i am a black man and i don't want to be stopped traveling with a little white girl you know i really wish that you would you would do me this favor and so the captain agrees and so he has this little girl um her her American name is Johanna. She has her own name. She doesn't speak any English now. She only speaks the language of her tribe. And it's just absolutely heartbreaking. So while the captain is, is trying to communicate with her, we can hear what she's thinking in her head. You know, she's saying, mm. I'm, you know, this proud girl. This is my name. Um, she's speaking, like, in her own language. And, and she's thinking, like, you know, how terrible it is. Like, this is happening to her. You know, where is her family? And there was some talk, like, why don't, you know, why don't you take her back to, since her, her parents are dead, why don't you take her back to her tribe? Like, why, you know, why even bother when she's so obviously miserable? Um, but the th fact of it is, is that uh, agents for the, for the U.S. Army went to her tribe and they said, you know, here's the thing. Your numbers are dwindling because, you know, we keep killing mm -hmm. you. Um, the Army keeps after you because you keep taking people. So if you turn over any captives that you have, we'll give you, like, blankets and food and stuff and, you know, turn the, turn the other way. And so what had happened was that her family had returned her. Her Native American family had returned mm. her. So she can't go back to them. She has no one. Um, and she's just she's just so miserable. And all she keeps thinking is, like, I'm going to escape or I'm going to starve myself to death. I'm going to escape or I'm going to starve myself to death. And Captain Kidd is just this wonderful man. 
He's in his early 70s. He's a widower. He has grown daughters. You know, he's, he says, you know, like, I know a little bit about about girls. And he he's just a really decent man. And he's trying to, you know, help her, help get her home. You know, he's, he's going to do this thing that he said that he's going to do. But it's, it's, you know, Texas in 1870. It's dangerous. Not just from... You know, attacks from from Native Americans, but from the army, like the, they're no, they're like horrible, and they stop him and frisk him and take his stuff, and you know, it's just it's the Wild West. Um, it, but the book is just oh, it's so heartbreaking, and it's also very funny. There's a lot of dry humor, like there's a an exchange about his horse that he has with a guy when he goes to bring it to be boarded. Um, that is just fantastic. I just I loved that. I read it several times. Um, it's it's so beautiful. I'm just going to keep babbling, so I'm going to stop there. But it is called News of the World, and it is by Paulette Giles. I have somehow totally missed that, even though it, it was on the National Book Award long list. Yeah, well, it's not too I'll late. To, yeah, I'll have to pick it up. Um, my first book is one of the books I've been looking forward to all year long. I'm so excited that it's out now. It's The Wongs Versus the World by Jade Chang. Um, and I mispronounced this on a previous podcast, so I apologize for that. Wongs is W-A-N-G-S. Uh, this is the story of basically a family that loses its fortune. Uh, the father of the Wong family, Charles, came to America when he was a young man from China, and he got rich building a cosmetic company. Uh, but he made a bad gamble about a future line for the company, and he has lost everything. Uh, when the story opens, he has just had to tell his kids that this is what's happened, that they've lost the big, humongous, fancy Bel Air mansion that they grew up in, uh, that the daughter is getting pulled out of prep school, and their son is getting pulled out of college. And he and his wife, who is their stepmother, uh, are coming to pick them up in the car, the one car that the family has left, they're going to pick them up from prep school and from college, respectively, and then they're all going to drive cross-country from Bel Air to upstate New York, where uh, the older daughter of the family, who is an established artist, who's been successful and has her own money and has a house there, um, she seems to be the only, like, the last resort for the family. So they're going to road trip across the country and go to her house in upstate New York and stay with her and figure something out. Uh, along the way, it turns out that the father, Charles, has been plotting to go back to China and reclaim the family, like the family's ancestral land that he thinks is his birthright. But no one, none of the kids really know, like, if this is actually there, if his plan is a thing that can come to fruition, or is their dad going a little bit off the rails uh, because of the trauma of this giant failure and loss that he's undergoing. And the book moves back and forth between chapters of the family on the road that are, uh, presented from the perspective of all the different characters and there are even a few that like are short two-page vignettes from the car's perspective uh, which I thought was a really nice just little break uh, and some nice humor amongst what's a relatively serious story uh, and then it also moves us between the, what's happening in the car and the family on the road and what's happening at the older sister's house in upstate New York as she uh, is dealing with the end of one relationship and the beginning of another relationship and some secrets that she's been keeping from people um, and trying to figure out if she is going to really still have a career as an artist after she's had a failure of her own. It's so funny and so smart and so sad and just so like sympathetic and touching all the way around. Um, and there were just some really unexpected great moments. I loved 
every moment that I spent with this book. Um, it's just a terrific debut. I can't wait to see what Jade Chang will do next. And just it was just a blast. Um, I've been I think I've said a few times on the show that like I really am digging this sort of mini trend that I've seen of stories about like family financial collapse and things that have happened on the heels of the big recession in 2008. Like we're far enough out from that now that people have written some really great, interesting fiction about it. Behold the Dreamers by Mbolo Mbue was another one of those. And The Nest is kind of one of those stories too. Um, this like rich people problem slash financial collapse is a, the kind of story that's just so human and really compelling. Uh, and Jade Chang just writes the crap out of it. I loved the book so, so much. If you're looking for something that you won't be able to put down, uh, definitely pick this one up. It's The Wongs versus the World. I can't believe it's finally out. I feel I like we've been so psyched for it and like talking about it for so long. It's like, and wow. I think it's been like, it's been on my desk for probably like nine months. Oh yeah. They, <laughs> they knew they had something there and they got it out to us really early. Yeah. It might be my favorite debut of the year. It, it just kind of rings all the bells for me. Like it's smart. The writing is great. The story is really interesting. The characters are funny. It doesn't take itself too seriously, but it's about a serious thing. I just, I really, really loved it. Do you want to hear about our next sponsor? Yes, please. All right. It is The Other Einstein by Marie Benedict. This is a fascinating story. Um, Maleva Marek has always been a little different from other girls. Most 20-year-olds are wives by now, not studying physics at an elite, an elite Zurich university with only male students trying to outdo their clever qualifications. But Maleva is smart enough to know that for her, math is an easier path than marriage. And then her fellow student, wait for it, Albert Einstein, takes an interest in her and the world turns sideways. Theirs becomes a partnership of the mind and of the heart, but there might not be room for more than one genius in a marriage. Um, so although there are other novels that tell the story of this strong woman who stands behind a very famous man, Maleva is as intelligent as Einstein, if not more. Um, this is a conversation starter about women's roles in society, about that notion that behind every great man, there's a woman making it all possible. Um, it's also a conversation starter about um, STEM and math and science professions. And there's this controversy behind the theory of relativity and some of Einstein's other theories um, that Maleva had a large role in developing all of them, but got no credit. Um, so Marie Benedict did extensive research to add authenticity to the story in this novel. Um, I'm hearing really terrific things about it. I remember hearing about it at Book Expo and thinking like, yes, someone should start telling the stories of these women that have made things possible for the men that history honors. Uh, so I'm going to pick this one up on my own. It's called The Other Einstein by Marie Benedict. It is out now and you can find it wherever books or are sold or we'll have a link for it in the show notes yay woohoo okay well, you were talking about that i just had this flashback to going to see the movie iq in the theater like i just remembered <gasps> hey i saw that did you ever see that <laughs> where walter Matthau so. plays albert einstein yes yeah i did so i, I don't remember like, yeah, who i went with but <laughs> <laughs> i know you're excited about your next pick so you better tell me before you break out in kittens oh yes i'm so excited um, we've talked about it before, but it's finally here. It is Ghostland, an American History in Haunted Places by Colin Dickey. It's so good. Um, full disclosure, Colin Dickey is a friend. Um, I I just, I think he's a genius, which is how I, I got to meet him, because I loved his other books, and this is, is his best yet. 
Um, it's, it's an exploration of the country's most notorious haunted places. Um, he talks about these different locations around the continental United States that he visited. Um, the, he gives you, like, here's the story of, like, the ghost in this place. And then he gives you the story of, like, here's the history of this place. And here's why people think it's haunted. Or what it could actually be that made people think it was haunted. Or, you know... And anything in regards to like the, the story, like what was going on in history at that time. Um, it's so fascinating. I mean, it's just so fascinating. And he talks about, you know, he doesn't he doesn't come down on, on either side of ghosts. He doesn't say like whether they like, yes, ghosts are definitely real or, you know, they're not. Um, but, you know, he talks a little bit about like, you know, really um, well-known prisons and hotels and hospitals that are supposed to be haunted and like why these places are Haunted as opposed to say, like, you don't usually hear, like, hey, the post office is haunted. Or, you know, like, that that 7-Eleven over there is haunted. You know, like, why it's always, like, prisons and hotels and hospitals. Um, and it's... My favorite one is the story about the Winchester House. Have you ever heard of the Winchester House? I have not. Um, it's, so it's, it's the story of, of the woman, Sally Winchester. She was married to a man who was heir to the Winchester um, repeating gun. Oh, yeah. Like, okay. the Winchester rifle. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she was the widow of the, of the heir and she has this house that she just kept building and building and building and building on in San Jose. And like when she died, there were like a hundred and I can't even remember the right number now. It's like, I think it's like 160 something rooms and it, and it just kept adding on to the house. And the story was that she went to a psychic and the psychic said the ghosts of all the people, mostly the native Americans that were killed with these weapons are coming for you, you know. What? So she started building all these rooms so that they could never find her, you know. And and the story, the actual story is is a lot different than that. But doesn't that sound great? Isn't that like a great like yes. ah, ghost story? You know, it was the basis for the haunted mansion that that okay. Disney built. Um, you know, Shirley Jackson mentions it in the Haunting of Hill House. This is very famous place, and it's just so 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 interesting. And, in the, like, Colin Dickey has a real affection for, like, the people that he's writing about, whether they are the supposed ghosts that are doing the haunting or the people who are being haunted in one way or another. Like, he really, you know, shows, like, compassion towards these people, um, like, what their lives were like. Um, and especially, like, when he's talking about Sally Winchester and, like, the ghosts that might be haunting her, you know, it's just, it's very touching. Um, and like I said, you know, the, in almost every case, the people who live in these locations are being haunted, you know, whether it's by ghosts or whether it's by their past or, you know, something like there's something terrible that is going on there. And it, yeah, I'm just going to keep saying fascinating over and over <laughs> again. So I'll probably like, wrap it up there. But um, it's so much fun and it's the perfect time of year for, you know, ghosts and all that stuff. Um, so I, I'm trying to get him to take requests. There's oh, an article yeah. that there's an article that just came out about Jamestown cannibalism. Oh, and I was like, yes. this is your subject. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, no one picks more interesting book subjects than Colin Dickey. Yeah. Like he did one he about had... saints. Like uh-huh. the horrible, horrible things that people endure to become saints. And then his one before that was about um missing body parts that had been stolen. Cranioclepty. Yeah, it's like a alternate weirder universe mary roach topics yeah yeah they're just so in the great. best possible way yeah. yeah so again it is called ghostlands and american history in haunted places by colin dickey all right uh my next 
pick is a collection of essays, a short little book that I read in one sitting called I'll Tell You in Person by Chloe Caldwell. Uh, these are like straightforward personal essays of the basically a memoir type. They sort of add up to give you a pretty good idea of the story of her life. She writes about writing about wanting to be a writer. She writes about, uh, you know, coming of age and dealing with some really difficult things. She writes um, very, you know, frankly about basically everything about addiction. Um, she has dealt with really, really bad acne. And she writes about like, her heroin addiction at one point being a response to her acne, but also being the thing that made her acne worse and sort of, sort of the, like, the vicious cycle that she was in there um, about relationships, good, bad, indifferent, about sex, um, about figuring out what she wants to do with her life or sort of coming to terms with the fact that she might not ever really know what she wants to do with her life. And she also writes very matter-of-factly about becoming friends with Cheryl Strayed and like babysitting Cheryl Strayed's kids and just hanging out with Cheryl Strayed. And uh, that made me deeply, deeply jealous. Um, it's one of those, and I'll, I think I'm going to use the same phrase uh, later on in the show when I talk about geek love, but it's one of those where like, she's so direct about the things that she's experienced that are unusual, that it takes a beat to remember that the things that she's talking about are unusual because she just presents them as so matter of fact. Um, and I felt that same way about the I.O. Till It Right memoir that I talked about last week, Darling Days. Um, but this was great. It's out from Coffeehouse Press, which we both love. Um, big love to small presses. And I, I really enjoyed her voice. I don't think I've read anything else by her. So I came into the collection with no expectations or preconceived notions. I didn't really know who this person was. And I walked away from it really feeling like if I had sat down, you know, to have coffee with her, we could have carried on a conversation. I would have known some things about her. It's really interesting. Um, probably my favorite essay in the collection, she writes about become like online, becoming friends with someone who's a celebrity. She won't tell us who the celebrity is or even what the person is famous for, um, but that they corresponded online as fans of each other's work. And at one point, the celebrity had said that she was going to go to New York City and visit Chloe Caldwell, and they were going to hang out and have a sleepover. And so Chloe like spends, you know, several weeks excitedly and like anxiously planning for this and spending more money than she should on snacks to try to be impressive. And then the day comes and the celebrity can't come uh, and how disappointed she was, but also embarrassed. And it just had that very raw thing. Like we've all, I think, you know, experienced something like that where we're trying to make a friendship or a relationship happen with somebody that we think is out of our league or that we can't believe really wants to hang out with us and all the turmoil that goes around that. And she just sort of, it, she just lays it all open very nicely. It's not a memoir about a life that's super unusual or super crazy. It's uh, just so honest and vulnerable about the kinds of feelings that we've all had, even if her particular way of getting to those feelings was a little bit unusual. And so I really, really dug it. I'm going to maybe go back and read uh, her previous essay collection called Legs Get Led Astray. And um, that one was widely praised as well. I just didn't know about it. So I'm pleased to have discovered a new voice. Uh, again, it's called I'll Tell You in Person by Chloe Caldwell. She's so awesome. And I just want to shout out. Of course you know out, her. <laughs> I just want to shout out to Coffeehouse Press again. And this is um, another one of their books with a partnership with Emily Books. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, okay. they did. They also did um, Problems a, mm -hmm. a few months ago, which I talked about on the podcast, which I absolutely loved. I love this partnership. It is it is bringing forth amazing things. I, I lost all my words there. I was like, I don't know what I'm <laughs> It is making cool things happen. Yeah. So, 
Uh, speaking of cool things, so this next book is so freaking funny. It's so, so good. Funny. Yeah, except, so I read it a few months ago, and then yesterday I went back and I was like, well, you know, this book made me laugh like 500,000 times. I'm going to go find something funny to talk about on the air, and I could not find anything appropriate at all. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me, but everything that I laughed at was like a little too much for it to be repeating here. But let me tell you about this amazing book. It is called You Can't Touch My Hair and Other Things I Still Have to Explain by Phoebe Robinson. It's hilarious. It's so hilarious and so smart and fantastic. Um, Phoebe Robinson is a comedian and actress. She is co-host of the podcast Two Dope Queens with Jessica Williams from The Daily Show. I've listened to it. It's so awesome. And this is her book about race, feminism, and pop culture, which is exactly how she describes it in the intro, which is great. She, like, has this, like, imaginary conversation with, you know, the reader. Like, here's what this book is going to be about, and here's what it's not going to be about, and here's why you should be reading it. And there's, like, a thing where it was, like, um, it's, like, Phoebe, is this one of those books that's going to make me feel bad about being white? And she's, like, no, but it might make you uncomfortable for a little, little bit, but I promise that, like, we'll survive that. You know, we'll get past it. Um, it's just, it's so, so, so smart. She talks about what it's like to be a black woman in America. She talks about the microaggressions and the flat-out racism that she deals with on a daily basis, whether it's in person or when she goes to audition for a role or what things that people say on her Twitter account or her Facebook page. Um, she talks about what it means to be a black woman and wear your hair natural, like not have it, like, all this product in it or have it straightened or all this stuff, or what it means to do all that stuff to your hair, like, why it's okay if you want to do that, too. Um, she talks, oh, my God, she talks about, like, what she used to have done to her hair when she was a little kid. Like, she, it would take, like, a whole day. I was just like, oh, my goodness, I can't imagine having to sit for that. Um, she talks about her thoughts on the NFL. She's She's got some strong opinions about the NFL. Um, her love of, quote-unquote, white people things. Like you two. Like Billy Joel. Yep. <laughs> she talks about uh, dating white guys and the term post-racial and how it came about and how she thinks it gets tossed around too much because she doesn't think we're really living in a post-racial society at all. Um, and so much pop culture. Like when she's like, this is a book about race, feminism, and pop culture. I was like, okay. No, there's like a pop culture reference like in every paragraph. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they're hilarious and they're random and she applies them to, like, random things, and they work so well together. You're just like, that is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. Like I said, I, I could, and I was like, oh, that, no, that's probably not appropriate. Oh, that, oh, that's probably not appropriate. So, like, there was a thing about sea turtles that made me, like, snort. <laughs> I read that out loud to Bob. Uh, I just, I, I was dying. Okay, so get this book and read about the sea turtles, because holy cats. <laughs> Um, it's so great. Again, it's called You Can't Touch My Hair and Other Things I Still Have to Explain by Phoebe Robinson. It is so good. I often, like, when there's a title that you're going to talk about that I want to read too, I can't get to it in time for the show. But I started this last week and I was laughing so hard that I was like, I thought it was going to be my airplane book. And I was like, shoot, man, I can't, this can't be my airplane book or I'm going to be that crazy lady on the plane just, like, laughing out loud the whole time. It's But it's so funny. She is... Just like the book is exactly what she promises that it's going to be, yeah. Um, and it's yeah. it's so smart and well done. And I want to be her friend, but also not because then you would just feel like you were never going to be the funny one. That's okay too, though. That's true. Yeah. Um, before... I love that you read the turtle thing out loud too. 
I was, I remember like we were like sitting on the couch and I read it and I started cracking up and I was just like, sorry, I don't care if you're interested or not. I'm reading this out loud to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want to hear about our next sponsor before we roll on? I think I'm living it, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, our good friends at Third Love are back. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that Third Love's 24-7 t-shirt bra is the most comfortable bra that either Lib or I have ever owned. And we go pretty far here, but we would not talk to you about our bras if we didn't really mean it. Uh, the 24-7 t-shirt bra is super smoothing. It disappears under your clothing. It's made, the cups are made out of this memory foam. So you're not shoving yourself into a bra that has preconceived notions about what shape you should be. The bra molds to your shape and it gives you a perfect fit. The um, back strap is very smoothing. So you don't get like weird lumps or bumps. You don't get spillage coming out of the cups. It's really wonderful. It's so comfortable. Uh, you can wear it under anything. I think it's excellent. I have worn it traveling literally all over the world. Uh, and I just regret all of the years that I spent stuffing myself into bras that didn't love me for who I am. Uh, so if you want to give it a shot, uh, Third Love wants you to do that and you get to do it for free. They stand behind the 24-7 t-shirt bra so much that they offer a 30-day trial. So you go to thirdlove.com slash books. You're going to, if you need to get sized, if you haven't been sized in like the last six months, use their online fit specialist. They'll help you find the perfect fit. And then they will send you the 24-7 t-shirt bra for free. You just pay shipping. You wear it for 30 days. You can take the tags off, wear it, wash it, do all the things that you normally do with and to your bra. If you love it, you keep it. They'll charge your card. If you don't love it, you send it back for free. Your card will not be charged. Uh, but we're pretty sure you're going to love it. So again, go to thirdlove.com slash books to get started with your free trial of the 24-7 t-shirt bra. Yay. Yeah. I we, still, any... we still get more, more, um, messages and emails and comments from from people who are trying them out who love them too which is yeah, great it's great to hear it is great it's good a good bra is a really important thing if you're going to wear it every day you need comfortable ones that are nice to your body uh you know life is too short to be uncomfortable all the time yeah uh, i never yeah. I, I, as a small child i never imagined i would be talking to people <laughs> through electric tubes <laughs> to strangers on the internet <laughs> <laughs> but here we are Oh, the world is filled with wonders. Uh, <laughs> my next pick is a paperback release. I just totally missed this book last year, and I'm so glad that it showed up in my book mail a couple weeks ago. It's called The Ramblers by Aidan Donnelly Rowley. And talk about a rich people problems novel. This is perfect. Uh, it's a, it has three main characters. The book rotates between them and the whole thing takes place in the course of Thanksgiving week. So that's another one of my personal things that I love is like a compressed narrative over like a vacation or a holiday weekend. Uh, it opens with Cleo, who's in her mid-30s. Uh, she is a, kind of an anthropologist. She studies birds, uh, and she has devoted her life to her academic work and to her career. She thought that she would never get married or have kids. Uh, and it turns out that she's actually been really afraid of having children because her mother was mentally ill and she's afraid that that might be hiding inside her or that she might pass it on to her children. And she's just been sort of avoiding thinking about these things, but she's met a man that she is falling for and she's, you know, trying to make sense of what does she really want from her life. Then there's Cleo's best friend, Smith, who is 
the like very wealthy daughter of a very wealthy prominent businessman and uh, Smith's sister is getting married the week of Thanksgiving. This is a huge deal, not just because it's her little sister getting married before her, but because Smith's own engagement broke up not so long ago and she is still trying to put her life back together. Uh, and then the third character is Tate Pennington. How is that for a rich guy name? Uh, he came up in the world of tech and he just sold an app that's basically like Instagram that pairs your pictures with poetry. So he's got a bajillion dollars now and he's figuring out what his next steps are and he and Smith meet each other. Uh, and the novel moves between a, a different character sort of takes center stage for each day of the week of this Thanksgiving. They or they rotate it through uh, the days of the week of that Thanksgiving week and we get to see them sort of fumbling and flailing and trying to stretch themselves and be good to the people in their lives, but deal with the things that are difficult. It's just a great, it's just a great absorbing novel. Like it's not going to change your life. It's not going to win the Nobel Prize, but that is not a knock on it. This was a really fun read. Um, it was a perfect airplane book for me. It kept my attention. I kept turning the pages wanting to know what was going to happen to these people. I'm really glad that it crossed my desk. Um, if you liked The Nest, I think this is a perfect book for you. Uh, if you liked uh, J. Courtney Sullivan's book, Maine, this is a good fit. Maybe like um, The Vacationers by Emma Straub, that would be a good comp as well. Um, just a great book if you like New York novels too. This is going to be a good fit for you. So again, it's called The Ramblers. It's out in paperback this week. It's by Aidan Donnelly Rowley. All right. Woo. Okay. Let's so, home stretch it. Yes. So speaking of things showing up in the mail, um, after the last couple of weeks that I've had, which I told you all about before we started recording and everyone is so glad that they didn't hear. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, I've been reading all these books and, you know, I need something lighter. And like an hour later, I checked my mailbox and there was this book called Brief Histories of Everyday Things by Angie Warner. And I was like, oh, cartoons and history. Yes, Perfect. please. Yes. I was like, this is exactly what I need. It's just this really fun um, book of comics, but about everyday things, like the history of everyday things. Um, it reminded me a lot of, oh, what's that book? A, the, a cartoon history of the universe. Like, mm. you're learning stuff, and but it's really cute and fun. Um, so he has taken the stories of everyday things, like uh, Velcro, pencils, shampoo, coffee beans, shoes... Tupperware, barbed wire, blah, 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 goes on and on. And he draws these, like, short little stories about them and, like, how they came to be um, with, like, you know, all these facts. But then also, like, the characters themselves are kind of, like, involved and sometimes, like, they can hear the narration. They're like, did I really say that or did I really think that? Or, like, you know, they say, like, snarky things to each other. Um, you know, like when he's talking about, like, Andrew Jackson and bathtubs, you know, he's got, like, <laughs> you know, Andrew Jackson was the first person to put a bathtub in the White House. And Andrew Jackson is like... Ah, genocide is so tiring, you know, like stuff like that. It's it's very funny and clever. Um, but it's so it's like all these like weird nerdy like little facts that like I love and I know a lot of people love to learn like um, about the toothbrush. Uh, like apparently the toothbrush was invented by a man in jail in 1770 in London. He took a chicken bone and stuck some horse hair through it and brushed his teeth. <laughs> like gross. Okay. Okay. Um, sure. And supposedly, actually, this is the thing that they that. They had been doing in ancient China. Like, there's talk that it actually originated in ancient China, but, you know, the privileged and the louder, you know, get the credit. So he became, like, a gazillionaire because he invented the toothbrush. And until 1938, they were using badger bristles 
in, <laughs> in the toothbrush, which is just ugh, gross. Um, what else did I learn? Oh, yeah. I learned, I didn't know this, that silkworms, who, they're, they're the insects that make silk, are like the designer dogs of the insect world. That they have been bred so much and kept, you know, f- specifically for the purpose of making silk that they can no longer see and no longer fly. And as soon as they give birth to the silkworms, they just die. It's like, oh my <laughs> goodness. I had no idea. Those poor silkworms. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, Velcro. Basically, the concept of Velcro did, in fact, come from those stupid birds that stick to you when you go walking through long grass. Huh. Um, the sports bra was invented in the 1970s. It was called a jog bra. Okay. And it was actually the lady who invented it. It was actually, um, the idea came from when her husband was joking around when she was complaining about jogging in a regular bra. And he was joking around and put two jock straps on his chest. And she was like, oh, that kind of works. And she employed the help of two costume designers to help her create the first one. And one of those women went on to become a Vermont state senator. And the other one went on to design the costumes for the Muppets. <laughs> like, this is like the random, fun, weird stuff that you learn in this Those book. are the high holy saints of yeah. sports bras. I'm pleased about that. Yeah. Although, the thing about the chapter about post-it notes, as we all know... Michelle from Romeo and Michelle invented post-it notes, but he doesn't. Uh, well, yes, yeah, but he gets that wrong, completely wrong. <laughs> um, but again, it's it's great, it's fun. You don't have to read it all in one sitting if you want to like savor it. It's kind of it's like one of those like um, you know page of the day calendar things to mm-hmm. rip off. Like it's little bits like that. It's great fun. It would be a cute gift, I think, for the holidays. If people like history. Again, it's called Brief Histories of Everyday Objects by Andy Warner. I'm gonna pick that up. It sounds awesome. Oh, I'm so glad it showed up. It was just what I You'll needed. be, you're just going to be so full of like, hey, did you know? I, I am, I'm, I'm, I, I talk to the cat. They don't care. They're like, I want you to just, will you just like Snapchat me a random fact every day or two? Sure. Yeah. Please. That'll I be amazing. That. <laughs> um, All right. Cool. Yay. Okay. So. I'm so excited. I don't really, I don't really know what your note means here, but I'm excited. Yeah, well. I just thought that I would, I mentioned that I picked up Geek Love by Catherine Dunn when I was in Portland this summer, and that I was reading it, and it took me forever to read it, because I was trying to read a million other things at the same time that were time sensitive, so I would like put Geek Love down for several days, and then pick it up and read a chapter, and then put it back down, and you know, it took me forever, but not because of anything related to the book, and it's one of your favorite books. Oh, it's the Mother Kitten Best. So, Mother Kitten Best, I love you, Liberty. Uh, (laughs) That's That's my new favorite word. So I finished it a couple of weeks ago and we texted about it a little bit, but I know like a bunch of the listeners love the book and other people have asked what I thought about it. So I thought I would just like chatter about geek love for a minute. Uh, Yeah. So I didn't, I managed to not know anything about geek love before I read it. I think I just did that thing where like everyone that I knew said that it was amazing. And so I tried not to know anything about it so that I could experience it for myself. Um, so it's about a Carney family, the Benuskis, that um, the parents b- intentionally bred their children. And I won't spoil like how um, to have oddities to be, I guess, to, to like be able to fill a freak show essentially. Um, so there's Arturo, they call him the aqua boy. He is basically a trunk with flippers. He doesn't have limbs. Uh, and he has a huge ego. He like eventually sort of starts a cult. Uh, there are 
Ify and Ellie, who are sisters that are conjoined twins. There's Ollie, who is an albino hunchback, and she narrates the story for us. And then there's Chick, who outwardly looks normal, like the parents are disappointed when he's born and he might be a normal. Um, and he turns out to have a mysterious gift that sort of changes the whole family. And the story opens years in the future when everyone, when the kids are all adults and Ollie is, for reasons that I also won't spoil, reflecting on their childhood. And it is so, like, it is so relentlessly weird that you sort of get, like, I sort of at least got numb to it, like super, super weird things happen. And you're like, yeah, sure. Okay. Because everything else in it is so weird, too, that it all makes sense in the context of the story. And I mean, like, this is in the best possible way that Catherine Dunn made this so believable is incredible. The writing just is so propulsive. I couldn't stop reading it. And I also kept having to put it down to like, take a breath of like, oh, boy, like, it's dark and it's difficult and it's disturbing and it's funny and it's just so weird but it's so so human and the fact that there's like a little cult storyline that runs through it was an extra bonus to me I think if I had read this book like 10 or 15 years ago if it had been like my first experience with really weird fiction I would also be one of those people who's like, this is the most amazing book that I read and I love it. And I, it was a great reading experience. I'm so glad that I finally know what geek love is all about. Um, and if you're like just dabbling your toes into the waters of slightly like weird fiction, please pick this up sooner rather than later. Uh, don't delay. I wish that I had not waited so long. It's so good and just so strange. And I can't think of anything really like it. Like, to me, There's that's a like yeah, that's a mark of a really great reading experience when it's so singular that you have no idea what you would recommend to people based on the fact that they like it. Like, if someone loves geek love and you love geek love, you know you speak a common language. But I have no idea, like, what I would say. Oh, well, you like to geek love, so you should read this other thing. It really sort of lives in its own box in my brain or its own section on my bookshelf. Um, it's just, it's so like different from anything else and really remarkable. So I loved it. It was just so strange. <laughs> like, I remember being like, Bob, I just have to tell you about this book. And I just sort of every day, like recapped for him what was happening in Geek Love. Cause it was like, she just lulls you into like, of course this is what's happening. And then you step back and you're like, what? So good. It's, it's so, it's just crazy. Have we, have we already talked about the Catherine Dunn boxing story? I don't Does think sound so. Familiar? So she wrote very few books in her lifetime. She wrote like a book every decade. Um, she was obsessed with, with boxing. She loved the sport. She wrote a nonfiction book about it. Um, and, and several years ago, uh, I believe she was leaving the grocery store. Um, uh, a young woman came up and tried to mug her and, and oh. she beat that girl's butt. She was like, <laughs> She was like 60 years old and, and she beat this young girl who tried like, to take her I have purse. not been studying boxing for nothing lately. Yeah. It's so awesome. <laughs> I just love that story. That's a good story. That's a good note to end on. So what are you going to read next? Well, I'm really torn because I don't know how I missed that the new Allie Smith was coming out today. Technically, oh. technically tomorrow, but today. Mm -hmm. um, it's called Public Library and Other Stories. So I might go read that. But I have a newfound obsession, and that is Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> I can't even say it out loud. What? <laughs> okay, so 
I don't know how this happened because I grew up in the seventies with like very very young parents. But somehow, <laughs> like your whole there was your no whole wardrobe is like heavy metal T-shirt. What's that? <laughs> your whole wardrobe is like heavy metal T-shirts. Oh yeah, um, but like we listen to like really good like my my parents listen to like Queen all the time. I mean, I got some good stuff, but somehow like I never listened to Fleetwood Mac, and I knew like a few songs from the radio. But I was thinking about it the other day, and I was like, well, I'm just going to go listen to Rumors, because everybody talks about that album and all this. And I spent, like, the whole day just listening to Rumors and Tusk, and now I'm, like, obsessed with them. And so I've already picked up a book called Making Rumors, the inside story of <laughs> the classic Fleetwood Mac album. Because, of course, I have to get a book about it. Of course. So I don't know which one I'm going to read first. But Oh, that's amazing. I love, I love Fleetwood. I can't even say it in a loud voice. I don't know why. I'm like, don't, don't, no shame. don't tell my heavy metal clothes, but I love Fleetwood <laughs> Love what you love, girl. <laughs> what are you going to read? <laughs> I don't know. I packed a bunch of books for the trip, and I was ambitious in how many I packed. I think I'm probably going to pick up The Mothers by Britt Bennett, uh, which comes out next week, and uh-huh. I've been hearing about it all year long. We're going to fight, um, I'm sure, over who gets to talk about it. Or we can both talk about it. Okay. That was we easy. We can hold hands. Yeah. We don't have to fight. <laughs> I have not been boxing like Catherine Dunn, so I'm unprepared. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think it's probably going to be The Mothers by Britt Bennett. And then there's a collection of short stories I meant to read for this week that I just didn't get to called um, We Show What We Have Learned. And I can't remember who the author is right now. But Madeline. No. Wait, that can. Am I getting confused with something else? Never mind. Okay. No, forget uh, that. Scratch that. So I'm going to maybe check that out and see what it's all about, too. Uh, okay, so that's our show. Thank you again to our sponsors, A Change of Heart by Sonali Dev, The Other Einstein by Marie Benedict, and of course, Third Love. Go to thirdlove.com slash books to start your free 30-day trial today. Don't forget to get your tickets to Book Riot Live. Time is a-wasting. Go to bookriotlive.com and use the offer code MOREcats to get 20 bucks off your weekend registration. If you have thoughts or questions or you want to tell us your favorite anecdote about a boxing author, you can do that at all the books at bookriot.com or hit us up on Twitter. I'm Rebecca S-C-H-I-N-S-K-Y. Liberty is Miss Liberty. And if you've got a minute to rate or review the show on iTunes, that is the best happy birthday book riot gift that you could give us. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books out today, or books in general, we just don't have the time, but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. And I would just like to wrap it up by giving a shout out to Kyle, who is going to have to edit this very long episode. <laughs> We love you, Kyle. (laughs) We do. Thanks, Kyle. And And we love all of you. The rest of you, happy reading. Happy reading. Happy reading.